With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fright Talk. This is our live podcast today on November 19th, 2021. We're just about to close out the 2021 calendar year, but yet we still have a few shows for you. If at any time you'd like to talk to us during this live podcast, you may do so at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And feel free to send us your comments, questions, or requests by email at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, even more on frighttalkguys at gmail.com, and my brother here, who you're going to hear from shortly. He has Fright Talk Guys open on Instagram, as well as his Instagram name, N-T-A-B-S-C-H. And speaking of which, N-T-A-B-S-C-H. <laughs> How are you, my Fright Talk brother? <laughs> I am very good. Hello, everybody. It is Nina Dean Tabsch, and we are back for another show. We always enjoy our Fridays reaching out and, and connecting with people, and we have gotten a lot of love and support and a lot of people connecting mm-hmm. with us about our show, especially, uh, especially from one to the other. So we're very, very grateful for all of our listeners, and we're going to try to get to all the questions and all the comments that we received for today's episode, but you know, even though Halloween is past, it's Halloween for us every day, right? Because that's a spooky lifestyle we live. And so, <laughs> Billy, we have such a great topic today, and I think it's a topic for any horror fan or any uh, thriller or fright fan that they can connect to. And that topic is horror movie remakes. And this could be a very touchy subject for people because some people love remakes, some people loathe them. And then some people, like myself, are somewhere in between. So, Billy, where mm. do you fall in the spectrum of horror remakes? Are you all for it, or are you also very skeptical on how this goes when they remake a horror movie? I am for it if it's for a franchise I love. Mm. But for the most part, I'm in between. I'm willing to give it a try, although if we're on X number beyond five, we know what the outcome general, right. generally will be. So I would say I'm about the same as you. I'm in that middle road space when it comes to it. But I'm willing to give it a chance because all horror is fabulous. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. And when I'm thinking of a lot of classic horror movies, and we know that not every horror movie has been remade, uh, 
but beyond the spectrum of horror, which horror is our main focus for tonight, obviously, as it is every time we have a show, but beyond that spectrum, I've seen an increase, Lily. I think you would agree with this. Within the last 10, 15 to 10 years, mostly the last 10 years, there's been a lot of movies that have been remade. Some of them probably have no business being remade, right? Because some of them are probably nowhere near as good as the original. And sometimes I hear rumors about them wanting to remake some classics that I'm like, oh, stay away from that. And so, Billy, why do you think it is that lately, and I say lately, in the past 10 years, why do you think it is there's been an uptick on remake of whether it's horror movies or other movies that came out that are classics? Why do you, what do you think is attributed to this remake frenzy? It's interesting you ask that. It's a lot about the dollar, actually, because – a lot of certain franchises do so well in, in, in several generations. I'll use one that I, my personal favorite is Halloween. Halloween has been introduced to three living generations, maybe yeah. even four. And maybe the fourth is now, which is I generation, right? And so if the, if the trend worked well per generation, because every 20 years we're told that we're getting a new generation of, you know, generation is, is among us. If that's the case, even though the franchise is only a little over 40 years, even still, there's a lot of um, opportunity. If the numbers continue to grow or show in that regard, and that includes sales, iconic images, Michael Myers is a great iconic figure. YouTubers and other social media influencers take advantage of that during Halloween. And so because of the uptick and continuum of sales, that drives the need for a film because films can get in on that as well, fiscally. Yeah, you're... You're 100% right. And you know, with, with Halloween, you know, I have this love-hate relationship. Love the originals. The more it passes, the more saturated I feel it becomes. Though I will say, in all honesty, I haven't seen the last one mm-hmm. uh, that came out. Also, I've heard mixed things, but I will see it for myself because at the end of the day, I'm a horror fan. And so when – and I agree with you. There's definitely this monetary component. If people weren't making money off these movies, they wouldn't create them. The original movies, you say to yourself, well, these are, these are creatives trying to tell a story. But I think somewhere after movie five, <laughs> we'll use five as the magic number, at one point it's just becoming a cash cow. I mean, Halloween, and then they release it every few years, the couple weeks before Halloween. I mean, it's very strategically placed, right? And so there are certain movies that – I'm going to use the It movie as an example – it wasn't one that was. It wasn't a movie that was coming out every few years. You had the original that came out. I believe it was the '80s, right? The original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You had the original hit that came out in the '80s, and then we haven't heard. We didn't hear anything about that franchise for a while, and then they they spit out two remakes in within a short time of one another, but many years passed from the original. So where do where are we, Billy? In that somebody says, you know what, this remake is going to make me more money than another remake. It's all about the fandom. As you know, in horror as well, horror fans are diehards. And they will assuredly follow, even if it's something that may be remote or distant. Within horror, as we both know, there are even subgenres in horror. Like, for instance, Halloween is the slasher, right? And you have your paranormal. Even in horror, we have our great divide. I personally don't like zombie stuff, but I'm more willing to give a slasher an opportunity than I would a zombie story. Although I know slasher films, they have a sudden common thread among them as well as terms, in terms of elements. 
And so I find that sometimes, even when we look at it in those categories, it all depends on what filmmakers and directors are looking at and what's happening or trending in society at the time. So if there's been a lapse, for instance, and like, remember there was a time when there was so much vampire and then it died out and then it got quiet. And then all of a sudden you start seeing dolls and spooky things like that. And then it gets quiet. Right, right. There are all these periods. And I'm always wondering, I'm sure they're tracking this stuff, or at least someone is looking at it. But those data have to probably tell us something in terms of the ways film directors go at it. I mean, I'm talking major film directors and trying to reintroduce or reimagine an already existing you know, franchise and a new face or visage because of the timing of things. So timing is everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's also, I agree with you. And it's also, you know, a lot of movies derive from books. It was the books first. A lot of times we give directors a lot of credit and they, they deserve their due, but the story in many horror films, the story is not theirs. They are telling somebody else's story in their vision, but nonetheless, somebody else's story. You think of the twilight, which is not hard to me in any stretch of the imagination actually it might even be comedy but you think of the highlight the the twilight series and you say to yourself okay this was a series of books very successful and it was so successful that they had to spin off a movie and you know that first movie was kind of it was low budget i mean you could tell that it just it wasn't there in on par with with as far as the cinematography and things of the other movies but I think we have to give credit to the authors first who've created a lot, not all of them, but who have created a lot of these stories that we later appreciate on film. But do you feel, Nadine, that some, I see YouTubers and social media influencers on YouTube in particular who are doing reaction videos to certain films even, not only songs, but to films. And there are a few folks who I follow. And one thing I noticed, I started thinking to myself the other day, I said, when I'm on YouTube, I don't find myself going back to the classics in the way that younger generations are. And I think that may be because if we go back any further than the 60s, you're going back into the golden age, and we're really diving into a unique time when horror was around, but not as prevalent as it is today. And so I'm wondering, is it because of that? Because I know there are only so many limited options, and the options that I know are already there. And some of those films, the further you go back, are more silent. It makes me wonder why I don't, I don't go back and start looking. But the classics that the youngsters are looking at today are the classes that we grew up on. They weren't the classics then, right? So it's correct, an interesting correct. thing that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm wondering, like, what would happen in another 20 years? The things that we see today that are remakes are, what are they going to be called? Like, remake, remix? I mean, what, they're going to be a whole other thing now because the classics will by then be free on YouTube <laughs> and there'll right. be something new to at least introduce or play, a, you know, be reminiscent to what was before. This so, is an interesting thought. So you're saying this is, this is going to really, actually, this is going to depress us. So you're saying classics for us would be Nosferatu and Dracula and classics for them would be the thing. Freddy. Or Shining? Freddy, the Shining. Freddy. Michael Myers. That's classic for my <laughs> students today. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because that's 40 years removed for them, remember? 30 to 40 years removed. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, Nadim, like, now that I'm thinking about it, when I'm nosy in my bed and when I should be sleeping, maybe I should go and look and see what's available. Because I can get clips. I see tons of little clips and snippets of different scenes, 
But I'm watching these YouTube, these influence, these YouTubers are really doing some creative stuff, and they're reacting and making comments to things that I didn't even register then, that I now see. I'll give you an example. A lot of the slasher films, we all know that orchestra and sound and music. We talked about this several times on several shows. How music plays a vital role in horror, right? Well, one of them made a comment the other day and says, "But do you ever notice in Poltergeist where there really isn't any certain music at certain points?" And I'm like, hmm. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like, there are these little moments right. that they see because, remember, they're seeing horror through the modern lenses. Yes. So the, the classics, which what we know, we appreciate them because they came before, but there is a distinction. Obviously, technology plays a, an integral role in that, too. You know, things have evolved. You have all kinds of 3D and 4D things that we could do. Uh, it's just there's a lot more that can be done. Which then makes me wonder, would the, you know, will the remake become just a never-ending series of automated, technologically sophisticated things taking away the value and power of having humans do the scaredom? Right. And, and you know, Billy, the difference is to that, we watched horror movies, whether for us they were classics or current mm-hmm. at the time, which is classic for us. We watched them for enjoyment. A lot of YouTubers that are watching it for reactionary purposes – are watching it to analyze it. And that's not the same thing because you're seeing it from a different lens. If you're watching it to analyze it, you're trying to pick up on every little iota you can just to mention it to the audience that's, that's watching your reaction. When you're watching it for enjoyment, you're just more immersed in the experience, in my opinion, than those just looking to do a reactionary video from it. So, so Nadine, check this. I was on YouTube last night being nosy like I always am. And inside, if you ever, and I'm sure you see this too, YouTube has these free YouTube movies, like mm-hmm. these like classic movies that they release. Yeah. And of course, they have like a million commercials that interrupt every five seconds. Oh, of course, yeah. But right. I still find myself, oh, I want to watch this. And I'll give you an example. Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla was uh, like free yeah. the other day. And I was like, I don't want to see this. But then I was like, I do want to see it because I like Godzilla. I like that weird sound it, it makes whenever Godzilla's coming. Why am I cheering for him? And so I watched that knowing in my mind, I know I'm not looking for something deeper, right? But then right. isn't that what horror is? It really helps us focus on the, the, the focus of the scaredom. When we do get the psychological ther- uh, thrillers is when it takes us on other paths, which is okay as well. But Godzilla, mm-hmm. is he horror? Is Godzilla horror? Like, I think that Godzilla horror? is horror. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Godzilla is definitely horror. But remember, we discussed this before. I also think Jurassic Park is horror. Yes, yes, you did say that. You said that a, yeah. shows ago. I remember that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and even the movie that came out, the the King Kong versus Godzilla. So they're monster movies because they are monsters. So I think monster movies automatically automatically get lumped into that horror category. Now, obviously, what are they missing? There's no real creep factor. There's no spooky factor. But I still think just because it's monsters, it falls into that horror genre. Mm. And folks, as you're listening to our show, in our description, we post, we post two questions. Thank you for those of you who commented on our social media feeds. We're going to try to get to some of that feedback as well. But in our show description, there were two questions. Feel free to comment on our social media or in our inboxes. Are modern remakes of classic horror films just as good as the originals? That's the first. Mm. And, or is it time for something new? <laughs> and right. we hope that you'll call us. Our options to speak to us are 347-539-5372. That's 
Again, that's 347-539-5372. Inbox, inbox us, if you will, at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com or on frighttalkguys on Instagram as well as on the Dean's Instagram, N-T-A-B-S-E-H. And, Billy, I think we need to start getting to knock out some of these questions because we do have a steady stream of questions here that we need to get through. And, folks, we're going to try our best to get to all of them. And we usually get to all of them, but we're not making any promises this time, only because of the amount that we've been um, we've been sent. But we're gonna we're gonna do our best, Billy. And I'm gonna go ahead and start with Stenson. Stenson, thank you for your question. He asks, "How many remakes of a scary film do you think are enough?" <laughs> you know, Stenson. If you ask someone who for me, Nadine, and Simpson, it depends on the point of view. If I know the making of Santa, Santa Nightmare, let's name that as a fictional movie, right, right, right. came out in our time, then anything that comes and we liked it. Another one comes, we like it. And then after the third one, three is almost like the charm. It's like, okay, do we need any more of this? But then, I, then it dawns on me. It goes back to what we said earlier. New generations have unfolded. It was enough time for the franchise or name or brand to get saturated in a horror culture. Then, therefore, there may be time for new. So, honestly, Simpson, I would say for me, I would think that after maybe three or four, maybe third episode, the franchise itself has, dis- has established itself as such, and it begins to continue in that profitable aspect of what it can be. Keep in mind, that also includes timing of the year. It also includes creating characters for Halloween or images that people, characters that people can identify and be if they wish, especially if you create a compelling horror character. Those things help create and influence and drive the future of franchises as well. So it gives a life beyond Halloween for the celebration of the franchise. Yeah, I think that as well. So, okay, Billy, before I answer Stenson, are sequels... Or prequels, remakes, in your opinion? That's a good point. Because in my mind, I'm always thinking a remake is it's not. Because a remake is keeping to its original form and introducing it in a modern time. So sequels okay. and prequels are not. They're not. Would not be considered in your opinion. Okay. So having, with that information, let me go ahead and answer Stenson. I believe that it depends on how well it's done. If it's done well enough, then I think that you can kind of stretch it out longer than what you actually would. If it's not done as well, and I'm going to tell you specifically why I was asking about the sequels, when I say something's not done as well. The first Leprechaun movie, I was like, oh, okay, kind of creepy. Then what did we have? We had Leprechaun in Vegas where he sleeps with a transvestite hooker. We had Leprechaun in space. We had Leprechaun in the hood. Okay, so you had all of these things, and it's like, no, please, please stop. Just stop making these. But those were sequels, right? Those weren't original. But sequels still with the same thing, still with the, at least for the Leprechaun, still trying to get the gold and, and that sort of thing. And so I think that it depends on how well those remakes are. Some remakes are, and I'm saying remakes as in, uh, the definition that you were saying that remaking to the original film 
I just do not think are good enough. Well, in that regard, Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, versus yes. the original, uh, I guess, John Carpenter, right? You you mm-hmm. have two different uh, approaches to Michael Myers. And even though I think Rob Zombie's version tried to follow the original, I think what Rob brought was more of a dark, a darker, um, a, it took it beyond slasher in a way that it the did. original did not, even yes. though it was still slasher in category. Yes, because Rob Zombie, even though we knew that he, it's a slasher film, the original Halloween, Rob Zombie incorporated that psychological thriller element to it. And yes. let me say this, I am a fan of the Halloween Rob Zombie movies, and I am a fan of the original uh, first two, maybe three Halloween movies. I, I have an issue with the ones that came after that, but but I think that he does. You know, and the Rob Zombie films, the Halloween remakes, I thought were excellent. I really did like those. I enjoyed those. And also, I think fans like when they've committed to a series or a franchise, and then they're shown a different perspective which I believe is what Rob Zombie did in, in the Halloween series. Mm, that's a very good point. That's a good time to bring in Paul's question, actually. Paul says, I remember House of a Thousand Corpses, which is by Rob Zombie as well. Yeah. But I don't think there's been a remake of it. Do you think people just steer away from Rob Zombie films? Hmm. Uh, it's a good question, Paul. Uh, so here's the thing. First of all, Rob Zombie's mind is on another level when it comes to horror. Let me say that. Oh, yeah. And although there was not a remake of House of a Thousand Corpses, there was a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses called The Devil's Rejects, which I also like. Um, I don't know – how can I put this? I don't know if the reason House of a Thousand Corpses hasn't been remade is because, one, it's kind of hard to top Rob Zombie and one of his original creations, or two – it wasn't popular enough when it originally came out to merit a remake. Mm, that's a good point. That is a very good point, Nadim. Because when I think about, was this a movie, help me understand, wasn't Paris Hilton in this one? Why do I feel like she was in Paris this Hilton? one? Or maybe I'm thinking this, of House of Wax, the Wax one. Right? House of Wax. Uh, yeah, the House of Wax. Okay. They're, they're on a road trip. They go to a side attraction, the Captain's Ball. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Horror thing, yeah. Yeah, and then and then they're essentially in a house of horrors. I thought the concept in the number of course, a thousand corpses, the title itself, fabulous. I don't think yeah. anyone would steer away from Rob Zombie because he's so fabulous. I think no one, as long as he's among us, and I, and Rob, if you're listening, we we follow you on Instagram, <laughs> so we'd love to talk to you. Please don't run from us. But I would say this because he's so original, like Nadim said. Who can touch the best? And so I'm good yeah. with having Rob stay in. We let Rob stay in his world and we stay in our lane to let him do what he does, you know? I wish, Nadim, and now that I thought about this, I know that there are different conventions that take place and there are different cons that celebrate horror, but I wish yeah. there was really like a, an award show at a major magnitude that would yeah. give like an international focus, like almost like a Grammys, like, right? Of horror. Yeah that would really pay tribute and give these lifetime achievements, especially um, awards to people like Rob Zombie, John Carpenter. And they get their awards in other ways, but it would be nice. They get their wall, their wall, their, their star on in Hollywood, 
But I think it would be nice to have a really interesting space. There's some Japanese directors as well. You know, there's some European who really would deserve that. And it'll give a new forum and a new place for acknowledging horror and the contributions to the genre. This is all. I think that's an excellent idea. I think it's an excellent idea. And you know what? A lot of people stay away from horror because they feel it's macabre, this and that, but then they secretly like it in October. You know what I mean? So I think that sometimes people have this very bad habit of kind of, you know, shoving their nose in the air in reference to horror, or maybe because you like horror, you're weird or whatever. But I mean, listen, who cares? If you like it, you like it. (laughs) I have a question here for you from, let's go with Dylan. Dylan asks, I remember the haunted on haunted hill, the house on haunted hill. I think he means. Mm. I watched the original based on Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Which do you prefer, and why? Ooh, I love this question. So because I actually taught Dylan when I was a high school um, high school English teacher, I actually taught eleventh grade English uh, language arts is traditionally American literature, and so I taught that novel, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, and the students read it, and then we watched the film, and then I made them create an an in-class museum about it. It was super cool. They loved it and watched the original film, which is even scarier than the remake. The remake that came out with Catherine Zeta-Jones in the early, I think it was 2000 or 99 or 2000. It was nice. It was very cliche. I think also it was Shirley Jackson's only novel. And so as a result, the people, they try to carry over some of the essence of the character, Eleanor, I think what was her name, the protagonist, um, in the show, in the movie, and in the novel, it did not follow the book at all, you know, but the the original followed the book very well. It followed it very well, and it didn't have any scare things going on other than it played off a psychological thriller. You might have seen one door bending, but the acting and the things that were going on in there were perfect. It yeah. was perfect. So my preference is the original that paid homage to Shirley Jackson. The second one I just could do without. I think it had um the guy Owen Wilson was in it too. I think he was. I think yeah, was. I, I'm. Yeah, I, listen, I'm with you. Um, the Haunting of Hill House, the original. It's all about. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It had a cool creep factor, didn't it? And because it had that cool creep factor. Uh, when it was redone, that creep factor wasn't there for whatever the reason is. I also feel the same way about some of the Amityville horror remakes, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah. They okay. made quite a few of those films, and I still think that the original one holds better than yes. a lot of the remakes of those films as well. So for me, Dylan, and for Billy, we like the original of Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> Great question. And folks, we're almost a half hour into the show have any special requests, comments, or thoughts, you have 30 minutes to get it to us. 347-539-5372 is the call-in line. We keep giving this number, and we know you don't like to call us at times, but you there do love to email us and, and, and direct message us. So we'll still get the number again, 347-539-5372. Your inbox options are everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com, and then on Instagram, you got Ntabsh, N-T-A-B-S-C-H, or Fright Talk Guy. Look us up. All right, Billy. So, Billy, I have a question here from Orlando, and I really like this question, so I'm going to ask it. 
Okay. Orlando's asking us, if you could star or do a cameo in any remake film, which one would it be and why? Love that question, Orlando. Thank you so much. For me, Hellraiser. Ooh. Absolutely. I will play a Cenobite. I will... I don't I don't want to be the one that's being murdered. <laughs> I, I want to actually be one of the characters that really takes on and causes the havoc, wreaks the havoc. That's where I'd love to be, even though we see tons of sequels from that franchise. Um, but we've not seen a remake. And yeah. I kind of wonder these remakes, when we start thinking about these remakes, often remakes seem to come out when directors or the folks who really influence them are no longer around. And so, you know, Clyde Barker's still around in Among Us. It, it, it's from his Hellbound, um, hard and Hellbound series. I just love the fact that, I don't know, I'm just so fascinated by that storyline. And it's, it's great. Yeah. And we don't really get to see that kind of stuff today. True, true. And I know, I know you're a huge Hellraiser fan. So that, that makes sense. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. All right. So, so here's the thing. I... The film I'm about to say, I would like to be in the sequel, not necessarily a remake of it. And I would love to be in the sequel of Beetlejuice. <laughs> and in my mind, I want to be like his ex-partner he screwed over before he went Beetlegeisting on his own and all this stuff. So I think it would be fantastic because it has everything, right? It's dark, but funny. It's sarcastic. <laughs> it's that horror twist. So I would love to be like a disgruntled ex-partner of Beetlejuice in a sequel. Ah, so give him an arch nemesis. That would be very clever, actually. That would be good. Now, but that wouldn't necessarily be a remake, but more so a sequel. Right, that would be a sequel. As far as right. reference to a, right, in reference to a remake, um, tough question. I... This is a difficult question because I'm now I'm my head is kind of going through the different ones, but I think Phantasm. Yes, I boy. think I think I would want to be in the remake of Phantasm. Yes, I think that's what I would creep want. me out as a kid. Yes, yeah, creep I think me I would out. Yeah, I think that's a good. great question, Orlando. Yeah, that is such that. a good question because you made us think and take a moment and, and realize. Oh my gosh. And folks, if you're listening, you know, this is a call to action from the demon me. If you really want us to have us come in, we will gladly come in and audition. Just send us a notice. Let us know That's what right. you're looking at. We're here for you. If you want us as victims, we'll take it as well, okay? Absolutely. We'll take a cameo. We'll take a cameo, right, Nadine? I'll take a cameo. I just don't want, now, I do have certain requests, though. Let me just say this very briefly. One, I don't know why, but I get intimidated by really tall people. So if I have to be murdered by someone really tall... Like, I don't know why that, like, creeps me out in real life, even though I know it won't be real, but big dudes kind of intimidate. Two, I don't want to be painful. Can it just disappear? Like, like, can I just disappear or disintegrate and not have to go through the throes? <laughs> I, I think you have too many demands, Billy. I have too many demands. I think I'd better be quiet because then we won't you have, to you have too many demands. <laughs> in reference to me, you put my character however you want on there. As long as it's not in tight spaces. We're not in tight spaces, ah, we're good. That's a good one. Ah, that's a good one. We're tight spaces, and we're good. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, got one here from Ted Scary. Ted is scary. Interesting name there. 
Did do you like the Candyman remake? Hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I saw the originals. I liked the originals. Also, I liked the originals because I felt that it was different at the time, right? And it, and it had an essence to, you know, you say the Candyman in the mirror, and it, for me it connected to growing up hearing, you know, say, say Bloody Mary in the mirror and stuff like that. So I had that connection with there. I have not seen the remake. I would like to, though I think the original actor in the Candyman did a hell of a job, and that's going to kind of be hard to top. But I definitely like to see it. Billy, have you seen the Candyman remake? I've seen clips and, of course, received spoilers from my college students. And uh, spoiler uh, alert, folks. So here's the, the one thing that they, they all said on a scale of 1 to 10, the average score was a 6 or a 7 on the, on the remake. And the reason why is because, and it's interesting, the, this version gives Candyman a purpose for existing beyond the woman and beyond the three-line calling. It has a social justice um, motive. So he's summoned almost through that. So I thought, for me, I thought it was clever how the film directors use what we've been through in the recent time as a backdrop for giving justification for Candyman's rampage. That's, yeah. I thought that was interesting. But then does that really make it a remake? See, that's the, it goes back to your original question, because it's that did not happen in the original. That was not the case. Right. Right. Correct. Correct. That was a good question. Thank you, Ted mm-hmm. Scary. Appreciate it. All right, Billy, got one here for you from Nancy. And Nancy wants to know, what can make you more concerned, a really good remake of a former classic or a really bad remake of a former classic? A really bad one, because <laughs> I think if it's really good, that means it's still, again, it, there was always something before it. So it would, for me, be a really bad one. Only be, it, 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 A really bad one, it's like, I don't know. I, like, I take personal offense as if I made the movie myself, <laughs> especially if I'm loyal to it. Now, if there was a remake of a movie I, did, you know, I didn't really care for from the start, then I guess I wouldn't have, be compelled to have this emotional tie to it. But if it's something I really like and, and it doesn't do service, it's no different than what people do on Beyonce's Beehive. They'll come for you on your social media. So you got to be watch out what you say. <laughs> and so um, I don't know. I, I think it would be the remake of a really bad one that, you know, that would make, you know, it would just be bad. What, what, what about you, Nadine? Yeah. I, I, I think for, for me, just the bad. It'd be bad to do it worse. So here's the thing. If I really enjoyed the original I would be more concerned about a really good one because then I'd be kind of torn about which one that I like better. Oh, and that's true. I, so the, the example I'm going to use here is Cape Fear. There's the original Cape Fear, and it was good, and then Cape Fear came out with Robert De Niro, and I was like, holy crap, this is better. And so I think for me, I think I'd be more concerned about a good one only because I'd be at a crossroads of, eh, at some point, which one do you really like better? Do you like them both equally? So I, I think that I'd be more uh, concerned about a really good one. When I saw the remake of it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's going to be better, the same, different. So, yeah. Good question. You do need time. It's a good question. You do need time in between to reflect on some of those, those you know, these, these, make, these remakes as well because – at the end of the day, what you said is true. If we don't, if we get something that, if, it's, if it gives you something to compare, 
I think it's always nice. It's always flattering, I think, especially if the new director did it, another director did it. Here's the question I have, Donadine. It, I've never seen a director remake their own stuff. Why do Correct. it, right? Why yeah. do it? So If you think you did it well enough the first time. Then why do I need to touch it again, right? But then that can also scar some directors and producers as well because you can do something so well and then all of a sudden you start deviating on another path and try something new and people will be thinking, wait a minute, what are you doing over there? That's not what you do. Get back over here doing this. <laughs> and so, and I've seen that happen as well with several directors um, and, and even though they still do well, but people, once you do something really good, that's your mark, you make it, you're, you're relevant, right? To go outside of that makes it a little bit more challenging for people, especially those who are diehard fans. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Billy, I have a question here that's going to upset you. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to ask it naturally. Uh, this is from Barbara. She says, there's a lot of chatter about the Halloween franchise. I personally think it's okay, but it's not the best film series. What do you guys think? Because, you know, I'm kind of – I'm on board with Barbara on this one. See, now, Barbara, this is not very good for you to do this to us, okay? <laughs> but because we are entitled, I will just say this. Is it the best? I agree with Barbara. You know, in terms of for me, is it like, oh, wow, it's so amazing. It's a slasher. And slashers in, in, in their modern trope form, they are not, they're, they're, they're very surface, right? And so I don't, it, do I think the, you know, the new one is, is great? I can say that it's no different than any of the others. But I think what I do like is that I get to relive and grow up with Jamie Lee Curtis who started as a, a young woman, a teen, yeah. and now she's a grandmother. And the fact that she's able to cheer, and it gives, you know, there's a feministic component to it as well that empowers women, that a woman can take on something that never stops. So there is that yeah. feminism aspect that comes into it too that I'm, I, I appreciate that in it because to be the final girl, final girl tropes are very powerful, but Jamie Lee Curtis really pioneers. Remember the girl who's the final girl in, in, Hell, in Hellraiser? I saw her a picture of her the other day. In fact, we follow each other on Instagram. And she is, like, they've never done anything more with that. And I wish they had. You know, after the second one, they really just let her go. Or maybe she wanted to go away. Who knows? But the directors took a di different direction with the franchise. Whereas Halloween stayed consistent with that idea. Minus the number three, the season of The Witch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Jamie Lee Curtis and Will Pop, there were a couple others in between that were kind of like she wasn't in the picture. But in the latter part of the 90s and the 2000 one, that H2O or whatever the one they call it. Oh, my in. God, that was horrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Was that the one with L. Cool J? He knows better. Everybody, I think Tyra Banks was in there. Busta Rhymes was in there. <laughs> so okay Barbara I see your point now I see Nadine's point as well and I'm going to get quiet <laughs> well I, I think what happens Barbara is that sometimes a uh, movie comes out and it strikes gold and the first Halloween did it was, it was a great movie I thought it was fantastic for a slasher film and then the second one's good and third one's good but what happens is and this, to your point earlier Billy about the, the cash cow of it right and so yeah. as these movies make money and they continuously come out 
they also water down the story a bit. It, it becomes you have the same you're still running away from Michael Myers. And I, I think that's what it boils down to. However, having said that, as mentioned before, the Rob Zombie movies did Michael Myers in a different form, and I thought those were very good as well. So I didn't get it, but like the H2O one, I was like, uh, no. Like, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. But thank you for your question, Barbara. Now that you got Billy all worked up. <laughs> Barbara, we're going to talk later, girl. So here, here's, here are a few comments that came in, folks, from social media. We asked the question, which was, name a classic horror film remake that you know or enjoy. So a couple of the comments that came in. One came from Adele Royce. It was, she said, Kate Fear? Yes, meaning, is Kate, does Kate Fear count? And Nadine, what do you think? Kate Fear counts, right? Absolutely, it does. Yep, okay. absolutely. Turbo Glizzy says, Stephen King was well done. And I love all the Halloween movies. Thank you. Thank you. Priscilla. <laughs> Priscilla says, Dawn of the Dead. I'm a big fan of zombie films. Fright Night. Oh, we got to talk about that. It, Chainsaw Massacre, and House of Wax are all close seconds, though. Hmm. And then Evan said, Pet Cemetery. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the hmm. new one, the remake. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And? I like the original. Yeah, I like the original, but I, I mean, I like the original movie in general. I haven't seen yeah. it. Maybe I I'll, read the maybe novel. It was very good, for too. The for, the, for, the, for the restaurant, for the weekend. The restaurant, yeah. I'm thinking about Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Billy, you said in the last comment, you said that you wanted to, you mentioned we have to talk about Fright Night. That brings yeah. up a question from Winter. Winter, thank you for your question. Winter says, did you like the Lost Boys film or Fright Night remake? Ooh, I love the Lost Boys films original. And they're remaking it, by the way. They're Are remaking they? it. Yeah, Lost Boys is being remade right now, actually. Yeah. And I, Fright, okay, so the original Fright Night, great job. Loved it. Uh, what's her name? Susan Sarandon's husband. Mm-hmm. He's the one yeah, who plays yeah. the vampire. I forgot his name. He's the vampire. And when I say that that movie was so cool, my grandmother allowed me to watch it. It was so cool. I watched the new one, and I forgot the guy who played the vampire next door. It, it was Colin Yes, it was Colin Farrell. I wasn't convinced. I wasn't so, convinced with Colin Farrell yeah. as a vampire. I just didn't. It didn't resonate with me. I don't know why. He, it did it wasn't that his acting was poor. I thought the acting was fine in the movie. It just didn't work for me. So, love the Lost Boys film. The first one was great. The second one was okay. Uh, but I love the original Lost Boys film. Fright Night, the original, fantastic on point. The remake, absolute garbage. I thought the remake was so bad. There was nothing scary about it other than... I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't find anything scary about it. And I remember watching the first uh, Fright Night, and I was like, oh, this is creepy. And then I watched the remake, and I'm like, that's it? <laughs> that's where it ends? Okay. You know, so, no, I did not like the remake, the remake of Fright Night. And actually, I really hope that they leave it alone at that and don't try to, like, remake it yet again. So, Nadine, then, and this is for you too, Winter, Queen of the Dam or Vampire Lestat? 
or the interview with a vampire. Let's take that one. Not we haven't seen a movie on Vampire Lestat yet, but Lestat is in Queen oh, of the right. Damned. So if I thought a lot of folks came for the Queen of the Damned movie, they thought it was awful when it came out. A lot of people didn't care for it. When I, in retrospect, when it when it finished, I was like, okay, that was okay. And yes, because Aaliyah had just passed, she died at the end, just at the end of film um, production, in her tragic circumstance. But when I watch it today, I marvel at the things that I see now. There are certain parts of it that I'm like, that was some pretty good acting, actually. <laughs> like, that was really good. And I'm always wondering if that were to be a remake, who would play that role? You know, who would do, who would be, you know, uh, what was her name? Akasha, uh, 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 you know, the oh, vampire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who would be Lestat? I mean, these characters were very. I thought they did it. I thought the film directors did a good job in bringing those characters to life physically for us to see them versus the ones I've read in Anne Rice's novels. Yeah, I, I thought Aaliyah did an amazing job in Queen yeah. of the I really did. I think she was the best actress in that film, um, for, for that film, right? So I think that she outshined anybody else that acted with her in that particular uh, film. Um, Interview with a Vampire, to me, is an absolute classic that should not be touched. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, I mean, they did such a phenomenal job, and it had a little bit of everything. And mm-hmm. I love how it had that Southern Gothic feel, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. But I agree with you. Queen of the Damned, I think people were a little harsh when it first came out, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the person that they casted as Lestat. But I think the Aaliyah did an amazing job in that film. Absolutely. She convinced me in that yeah. film. And uh, Interview with the Vampire, I absolutely love that film. I love mm. that movie. Fantastic. Great choices. Thank you, Winner, for allowing us to relive our vampire favorites, by the way. That was great. Got one here, Nadim, from Vega. The Alien franchise is one of my favorites. Do you guys like any of them? I I thought things go off the rail when they started pitting the aliens versus predators, but to me it now makes sense. Hmm. I did like the I did like the first Alien and the third Alien film. I don't recall liking the second one. However, I do like the Alien versus Predator storyline because I like the Predator films as well. So I do like right. the Alien versus Predator storyline. I actually thought it's pretty genius because you have these two. Um, well, aliens, but you have these two otherworldly creatures kind of pitted out against each other, and I think that's really good. I equate it to Freddy versus Jason only because the argument for so long in the 80s was who would win, Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees, and um, the aliens versus Predator to me is a little bit better than that, So, but I, but I do like how they pitted the storyline that they pitted against each other. What do you think, Billy? What, what do you think on the Alien franchise in general? I liked it. And Sigourney Weaver is another example. Sigourney Weaver, Very yeah, different in the sense that she automatically exudes a strength that eventually um, emanates from, um, from, from our girl from Halloween. But I think that Sigourney Weaver brings another badass perspective to it. Now, I will say this, but she's not in all of them. So that's one thing. She wasn't in all of them. They had mm-hmm. Sanaya Lakin, and I think the Alien versus Predator had her in one. Um, I, I, thought, I think for me, though, the remakes were great. 
because the costumes were phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. The creation of those aliens. I like them old and new. Great Uh job. Well ahead of their time. I thought it was great. Now, I will tell you this. Well, I'll tell you what I don't like. Halloween Horror Night 2019, or was it 2018? They they decided to do a house based on this <laughs> Alien versus Predator. <laughs> and the house remake was not very good <laughs> because it was like, okay, I know we're in it and we're running, but then they're fighting each other. The costumes were great. I'm sure they got some of the Alien Predator costumes. They looked just like the things in the movies. They were amazing. However, though, I was like, okay, this was great for the film. I don't know if it made well for a haunted attraction. So yeah. we didn't even talk. We're doing remakes of films, not remakes of horror films in horror attractions. So. Right. Right. All right. We have a question from Vanessa. Vanessa asks, the Ghostbuster movies are funny, but the new trailer makes the latest one seems a bit darker and less humorous than the previous films. What's your opinion on this approach? Hmm. I find myself, like last night, I was actually watching the trailer a couple of times. I was like, I don't know, because number one, I like the little marshmallow thing. I just want to touch it. I want to bite it. And then two, I don't know, I just find that thing so like lovable. The other thing, too, is that I'm intrigued because there's a dark storyline. So it's not necessarily a remake. It's almost like a sequel. Right. Um, right. But I like it. I like where it's going. It seems like it could have some funny moments. But it didn't seem like that was the case. But keep in mind, the originals had funny comedians or comedic actors who made Ghostbusters original what it was. And then you pull in Sigourney Weaver, who was in badass other stuff. It just made for a whole other, you know, the sexual puns and innuendos. It was just right. that made well for that time. I think, though, if we were looking at it for humor, I think even the one with that had all the women who were the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. that still played into that as well. <laughs> Um, but I think this new one is going to take us in a new direction. I can't wait to see what it'll do. I, I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah, and, and I'm okay with the – I like the Ghostbuster series. I'm okay with the the darker tone, if they want to take a darker tone to it. I'm completely cool with that. And I know they're trying to bring in a younger generation from what I saw in the trailer in the movies as well. Now, the one that had the all-female cast, uh, which had was it Leslie Jones that was in it? Mm-hmm. She was in there. And Melissa McCarthy. Okay, mm-hmm. so I felt that they all did a great job with Ghostbusters. I wasn't crazy about the storyline. Had nothing to do with their acting. Mm-hmm. They're amazing mm-hmm. and talented. I wasn't crazy about the storyline itself, but it was still funny. It was still entertaining. I still enjoyed watching it. I will probably watch it again. So I'm okay with them taking a, a darker twist to it. I guess it, deter- it it matters how dark it gets. If it's completely dark with no comedy, then I think that's not what Ghostbusters is about, actually. Mm, good point. Good point, Nadine. I love it. Nadine Carroll asks, are there some movies, in your opinion, that have done so well with this original that a remake will make the main character look ridiculous? Um, well, horror or sorry, we're gonna I'm assuming horror? horror on this. I would assume okay. horror, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to assume horror because that's, that's been the topic. Any movies that have done so well with its original that the remake would be ridiculous? Hmm. Oof, that is really a good question. Um, well, I actually... Believe it or not, I kind of liked the um, the first Jeepers Creepers. 
that if I think that they tried to remake it now, I think it would be pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the, the Dracula movie, like I think if they tried to remake Bram Stoker's Dracula, I think it worked at the time. Gary Oldman worked at the time. I think that now it would be ridiculous. But at the time, it was creepy. You know, the, the, the white hair parted, you know, that, that, that Victorian-esque look. I think if they tried to do that now, it wouldn't hit with the audience as well. I got one for you then. That's a good question. Now I'm thinking. As you sp- spoke, I, I had a, got an idea. Sleepy Hollow. Mm. I like that movie. I saw, it, I saw it in the theaters when it came out. I liked yeah. it. It was a bit longer than anticipated, but it had a really cool storyline that was detective-like. And then you had Johnny Depp, who's in Christina Ricci. You can't get any creepier than that, right? With two great True. characters. True. And it just played so well. It was like a Victorian uh, you know, detective meets supernatural. It had a good ending as well. I, I think that if, but then the, the, the character, the main character, the, the headless horseman, it wasn't, I mean, there's not much to that character. So if a remake wants to make that a character, it might just become ridiculous. Another one I'll just throw in very quickly is Pumpkinhead. Oh. <laughs> if there's a remake Pumpkinhead, I'm sorry. If the original was already kind of meh. No. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Carol. Billy, we will not, we will not leave the show tonight without asking Max's question. That's just not going to happen because Max is a staple to us in the show. <laughs> Max, thank you again, as always. Max asks or states, I can't wait to see a remake on Salem's Lot. Yeah, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was so creepy. I like the original. If there is a remake, I hope we could live up to its name. Hmm, I don't know. That's going to be kind of hard to top. Don't you think Billy Salem's Lot was Goes pretty back, good? Yeah. Goes back to the other question. That's one I don't want to know if I... I, yeah. I don't know if I want to see that remade. It was just good. No. That was good. That was really good. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I would Thank want you for to that comment. That was good. Either. Yeah, that was. The Witch is another movie I wouldn't want to see remade either. I think it was Agreed. perfect the way it was. Agreed. Agreed. I wouldn't want to see them uh, remake The Village either because I thought that movie was straight up trash. <laughs> but M. Night Shyamalan has a new movie coming out, though. He does not impress me with his films. I do not think his horror films are scary. I know Billy, you guys can't see Billy right now, but he's giving me faces. I do not think his movies are scary. I don't, I don't find, they're just not for me. Some people may think they're absolutely fabulous. And it's just about the audience, right? So, so there, there's art and creation and props to him for a lot of the original ideas he comes up with, folks. We, we know that that's not easy. Um, I'm just not a fan of the movies I've seen of his. That's all. And Nadine, we got three more here that we'll try so to squeeze sure in. We're never going to be one of his films. Okay, listen. We got these are just so good. <laughs> Denise says, have you guys seen the movie The Thing? What's your take on it? I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. The I actually thing, liked oh, yeah, it. The one in the snow. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That, that was, was good. That very was good. King. Yeah, Stephen King's. Yeah, that was good. That was good. And also, it's kind of difficult for us, folks. When here in South Florida, when we see a horror movie in the snow and stuff like that, we it's harder to relate, right, Billy? Like we can relate to a movie in the woods, but it's harder to relate to a movie in the snow, especially like the Arctic where it's freezing. Exactly. But I thought that movie was very well done, very well Trust done. Them. And, and Trust them. Right. I, I, Nadine couldn't have said it better. 
try filming a movie down here with these mosquitoes. That'll that'll get you. <laughs> That's horror in itself. In fact, you know what, Nadine? Let's keep that in mind for our own films, okay? We should. Hmm. We should, since I just shut one door <laughs> in the in horror industry. <laughs> Billy, I have a question from Stanley. He says, I do enjoy the It movies. The original was good, but the modern-day Pennywise was just fabulous. I must admit that I like the special effects, too. So he's asking, do you guys like the film? And here's – I'm going to add a question to, to his question for you, Billy. Who played the better It? The, I love the, the modern-day one. I do. You like I don't know why. I like the modern-day one. I thought he was hilarious. Oh, the Scar Scar's brother, that guy. I thought it was hilarious. And just watching him, like, I'd be creeped out just to know him. Like, that smile. Like, that, he did it on the show one day. He was on one of these night shows. It was so funny. I, I thought the original was great because that, it was creepy cool, too. I'm not going to dismiss that. But I do like the, the modern-day one. I do. Yeah, I, I like, the modern-day one is creepier. I will definitely say that. Even the costume, right? Yeah. That classic, like, that classic uh carnival clown costume added mm-hmm. to the creep factor i thought so as well yeah, yeah. our last question oh last what? one and we'll do we'll do it on spitfire what remake are you waiting to see that hasn't been done yet or one that you think needs further exploring you kind of answered this earlier we did but i'm going to throw one out there billy and people are not going to agree with me i know it's probably not going to be as good as the original but i would love to see a jaws remake I would. I agree with you. I would have yeah. for Jaws. I definitely I would. Like I yeah. think that's a good recommendation. I, I for yeah. me, I, I think I would love to see something in the Vampire Chronicles or something that's already been done before, but I guess people don't touch it because they know it's already so good. <laughs> I right. get it. Right. I get it. Yeah. I. But I'm open to all possibilities. And, and folks, we have to say thank you. This show... Wasn't it great? Fantastic as always, yes. Oh gosh, Nadine. Like folks, we, we we you know, the Fright Squad, you're real. We we appreciate you. And we know that you'll be back December third for our next episode where we'll be doing a holiday horror review, looking at some horror, holiday horror films and things of that nature, both those that are coming out now and those that have already been released in the past about holiday. So a nice tribute to the season. So join us two weeks from today. Absolutely. And, and folks. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I no, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving from us. Yeah, Thanksgiving is here. <laughs> <laughs> gobble, Watch out gobble. for those turkeys. Exactly, okay. Because they're already scary enough by the prices. <laughs> but, folks, we do hope that you will have a joyous holiday. Take care of yourselves. Check out our other stuff. We have lots of stuff to offer you on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and on the blog, the blog talk radio archive. Go to everydayfolksradio.com and our Fright Talk Guides Instagram to follow. Take care until then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.